oh my Put me in coach, I'm ready to play fantasy I know I turned two in a day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today And smash play, I'm prepared to listen The x flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first He can say I'm ready to go <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn Two Podcast I'm your host Matt Williams uh, this episode is brought to you by rotofanatic.com and this is the second part of our analytics series, at least the one I'm breaking down here in a three-part series. The last time we went over this, we did a little bit of batted ball data. We went through you know, the differences between Fangraphs and Savant, uh, between what they consider a line drive, between each other, the difference between hard hit rate and hard percentage, everything you'd want to know about batted ball data and how to use it in your analysis for hitters uh, and what the differences between the two sites are because there's certain things that are very, very similar and, and it's very uh, confusing for some people to understand what the differences are. So if you are interested in batted ball data, go back to the last episode. Uh, well, actually two episodes ago, we just came off that uh, the big 15 team uh, NFBC tag team satellite draft that's uh, in there as a special episode. But the one right before that is the episode part one in this series about batted ball data. Today, we're talking about plate discipline. And that is, you know, basically exactly what it sounds like, how disciplined a hitter is and the metrics that you can use for, for pitchers to see basically how they can affect the hitters as well. We're talking about, uh, you know, swinging strike rate, uh, chase percentage, things like that. Uh, you know, this is where the strikeouts and the walks come from, not necessarily how hard a ball is hit, more whether the ball is hit. So. As a summary of what we're going to cover in this episode, we are going to still look at Savant, Baseball Savant, which is StatCast versus Fangraphs. We're going to see what they measure, what's similar, what's different, how to use each. We're going to talk about like K percentage and walk percentage versus K per nine and walks per nine. A lot of people don't know the difference or which one they should use. We're going to talk about the differences. Uh, with percentage versus swing strike percentage. They sound like they should be the same thing. They're definitely not, but we'll discuss the difference between those. Fangraphs uses swing and strike percentage. Whiff percentage is basically on Savant. We'll talk about the differences and how to use those. Um, O-swing versus out-of-zone chase. They, they sound like they should be the same too. O-swing is what Fangraphs use to, to kind of measure how many swings a batter or pitcher can induce outside of the strike zone. And then Savant uses out-of-zone chase percentage, which uh, again, sounds very similar, but they are very different. F-strike. Very controversial topic. If you listen to like Michael Simeon or Alex Fast on how a percentage of a first pitch strike is measured, we'll talk about that. And then we'll also talk about correlations, um, stats you can look at to predict other stats, and then maybe ones you shouldn't. So, without further ado, let's dive right in. The we'll start at K percentage and walk percentage because those are pretty basic. I mean, K percentage and walk percentage are something that everyone uses uh, to to kind of get a first glance at how good or bad a pitcher or hitter is at striking out or walking someone. The big difference is K percentage and walk percentage versus K per nine and walks per nine. So what's the difference? I mean, K percentage and walk percentage are a percentage. They are telling you the percentage of strikeouts or walks for the batters that were faced. Basically, that's that's all it is. If, uh, if you face 
you know, if you face nine batters and you get two strikeouts, um, that's a 22% uh, strikeout rate. <laughs> uh, but there's, you know, and then K per nine and walks per nine is just telling you how many of each you will get on average if you go nine innings. So again, if you go nine batters and strike out two, it might be a 22% strikeout rate, but it's an 18K per nine because you struck out. And if that's all in the uh, first inning, that is if you face nine batters in the first inning and you strike out two, it's a terrible inning, but you strike out two, it's a 22% strikeout rate, but it's still an 18K per nine. So you can kind of see how it's the same exact thing that happened, but two very different metrics. And you know, in certain cases, you don't really care about that. In some cases, you do. It's the same thing for walk percentage. Uh, let me walk you through an example of using the same exact stats I just gave you with. Uh, let's just say Robbie Ray. He's a pretty he's a pretty uh, dynamic guy who can get you a lot of strikeouts, but maybe in a horrific fashion. Uh, let's say the first inning, he strikes out the leadoff batter. You're off to a good start. Then he hits a guy. Then he gives a back-to-back home runs. He's down two to zero, or he's down three to zero, um, and uh, he does have a strikeout. The fifth guy, he gives up like a bloop single. Sixth guy, he strikes out. Seventh guy, he walks. Eighth guy, gives up a double. And then finally, the ninth guy flies out. So it's a pretty bad inning, but he has two strikeouts, but he went through nine batters. But K per nine is still 18 because he struck out two batters in one inning. If he went not, if he went nine innings, that would be 18 strikeouts. So that's the big difference. Uh, it, let's just say uh, Jacob DeGrom, on the other hand, he gets uh, he starts an inning, he gets a ground ball, he strikes someone out, and then he gets a fly ball. He only has a nine K per nine because he only got one strikeout. If he continued that pace up the entire game, he only has nine K per nine. So you have Robbie Ray at an 18 K per nine uh, and Jacob DeGrom currently, you know, their first start of the season is a nine K per nine. But Robbie Ray has a 22 percent strikeout rate, whereas Jacob DeGrom has a 33 percent strikeout rate. Robbie Ray got two strikeouts through nine batters. Jacob DeGrom got one strikeout through three batters. So there's your difference. K percentage and walk percentage, they are completely going through just the percentage of strikeouts or walks you have for in total batters. And K per nine and walk per nine are merely measuring the amount you get per nine innings. So that's the big difference between those two. Another one is swing strike percentage and whiff percentage, which kind of sounds like they should be the same thing too, right? I mean, Swinging strike, you're swinging and missing at a strike. With percentage, you're just kind of picturing someone swinging and missing, but they are different. It's just how they're calculated. Kind of like the last example. A swing strike uh, percentage is basically the pitch is thrown divided by swings and misses. That's it. Well, with percentage is the total swings divided by swings and misses. So a swinging strike percentage, it's just looking at every single pitch thrown and how many times you, the, uh, a person swings and misses. Either the hitter is swinging and missing or the pitcher is inducing a swing and miss. That's the swing strike percentage. A whiff is purely looking at only the swings that were taken. It doesn't care, you know, it doesn't look at called strikes. It doesn't look at like anything that uh, doesn't result in a swing. So let's just say there's, for swing strike percentage, let's say there's 100 pitches and 25 swings and misses in those 100 pitches. That's 25% swing strike rate. 100 pitches, 25 swings and misses, 25% swinging striker. For with percentage, let's say the same 100 pitches, there was 25 swings and misses, but there are 50 swings. There was 50 swings. So it is a 50% with percentage, still 25% or still 25 swings and misses in the 100 pitches. But instead of being, uh, instead of 100 pitches um, and then 25 swings and misses, you're only looking at the swings. 
So it's 50 swings, 25 swings and misses, 50% whiff rate. So it's pretty simple. Uh, if you know, I'll break that down again real quick. Again, 100 pitches, 25 swings and misses is 25% swing strike rate, whereas whiff percentage is looking at only the swings. So if there's 100 pitches, but 50 swings, 25 swings uh, and misses, 50% whiff rate. Everyone kind of following along with that. <laughs> I mean, you can write it back. It's it's simple. It's a uh, it's just it's just a matter of kind of what you want to kind of what you want to look at. It's it's nice to know uh, each data set depending on what you want to look at, but they do tell you very different things. So moving on to the more in depth plate discipline metrics, we'll call them. This is when you go to the plate discipline tab in Fangraphs. You scroll down and you actually find where it says plate discipline and you'll see a whole bunch of crazy stat names if you've never heard of them. You'll see like O swing, Z swing, swing percentage, O contact, Z contact, contact percentage, zone rate, F strike, swinging strike rate. We've already talked about swinging strike rate. So kind of what are, what are the other ones? Uh, there's O swing, O contact. So what does the O mean? O means out of the zone. This is just anything outside of the strike zone. So if you're looking at O swing, this is how many for a hitter, how many swings he is taking outside of the strike zone when a pitch is thrown. For a pitcher, uh, that is how many swings they're generating from the hitter outside of the strike zone. So for a pitcher, you want this to be high. For a hitter, you want this to be low. O contact, as you could probably guess, is the amount of um, is the amount of contact that is made on pitches outside of the strike zone. This not necessarily we don't care much about because, I mean, pitchers don't care if you swing out of the zone and hitters, you don't necessarily care if a hitter's getting a lot of contact out of the zone. I mean, it's better to have high than not. But again, you don't really want a hitter who's doing that much. But again, that is the measurement. Uh, Z swing and Z contact are everything within the strike zone. So O out of the, out of the zone Z is inside of the zone. So uh, Z contact is actually huge. You want O swing for pitchers to be high and O swing for hitters to be low. Z swing, we don't really necessarily care. Uh, again, I mean, you want hitters to be able to swing at pitches. You know, you want hitters to be able to swing at pitches within the strike zone. Uh, that's where you want them to be aggressive. And pitchers, it depends. I mean, if you're a ground ball pitcher or a contact guy, the Z swing is going to be a little higher. It doesn't really tell you much as an independent number. Z contact's pretty big though, because even though if you're a ground ball pitcher, the Z contact is going to be a little higher. Um, you know, you can kind of look into that. If you're again, you're 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 a you're a Max Freed, Mike Soroka, you know, um, you're you're a Framber Valdez, someone with lots of ground balls, you're going to have a higher Z contact because hitters are going to be making you know hitters going to be making more contact against you, and that's when you'll look into like hard contact percentage, ground ball percentage. There's more to that. But for hitters, you want Z contact to be very high because, again, this is contact within the strike zone. You want that percentage to be as high as possible to tell you when they're swinging at pitches within the strike zone, how much contact are they making? So you want that number to be, you know, to be fairly high. So, again, O swing, good for pitchers, bad for hitters. <laughs> Z swing, um, you know, that's good for pitchers or good for hitters. I'll say bad for pitchers, but again, it depends on the kind of pitcher you are. So before we move on to like the O contact, Z contact, contact percentage, which we already kind of glazed over a little bit, O swing is really good for helping identify hitters uh, for for walks. Uh, you know, for if you are, you know, if you have low O swing, you're not chasing outside of the strike zone. You have a much higher chance of of generating some walks. So if you want to kind of look at that as a, as a metric to. You know, for on base percentage leagues, uh, that is a good one to look for. Neither metric is really useful for K's though. And uh, O swing is also very good for identifying 
pitching strikeouts, uh, not hitting strikeouts. Again, it all depends on whether they're actually swinging and missing. But O swing, if you are a pitcher generating a high O swing, that's good for strikeouts, obviously. Uh, so moving into the contact percentages. Contact percentage by itself, not O contact or Z contact, just contact percentage is obviously a very important statistic. It's how much contact a hitter is making and how much contact a pitcher is preventing. It is really good for identifying Ks for both, really, um, and overall batting average for a hitter. The more contact you make, uh, you know, you're putting more balls in play, therefore you can get more base hits. If you are, have a low contact percentage, you're swinging and missing. <laughs> that's not good. So, I mean, that's kind of a, you know, an obvious thing. Um, one thing for fan graphs is contact percentage does include foul balls, but that's not something you want to ignore because it is, it can be a skill to defend the strike zone. Uh, for pitchers, you know, you don't, for, well, let's just stick with hitters. For hitters, if you're like 0 and 2 and you continue to make contact and striking out, that's a very good thing. So it, not, it doesn't necessarily show you how well contact they're making but still high contact is good no matter what so even though foul balls are being added in it's not necessarily a bad thing uh whereas pitchers um the same thing if it's higher because of foul balls you don't necessarily like that either because even though they're not base hits you want pitchers to be able to put things away i know a, a good example is zach wheeler early in his career he would get his his pitch count really rung up because he just couldn't put people away foul ball foul ball foul ball and even if you eventually struck them out or got them to fly out or whatever, you've racked up a lot of uh, a lot of uh, a lot of pitches. So uh, contact percentage in general is just something really good to look at for both sides. Uh, zone percentage. This is something you'll find again in the in the Fangraphs whole plate discipline section. This is just how often pitches are in the zone. Zone percentage. That's it. How often are pitches in the zone? But this entirely depends on what the pitcher wants to do. If you are pitching to contact, you're going to be in the zone a ton. You know, ground ballers, uh, ground ball pitchers, they're going to be at the bottom of that zone trying to get you to swing and hammer the ball into the ground. Um, it's better used on the individual pitch level for pitchers. You don't necessarily want to look at a pitcher and be like, look at their overall zone percentage. You want to go into their individual pitches, which, by the way, if you're looking at a pitcher, like let's say you're looking at Fran Valdez at the Astros, at the top of his Fangraphs page, go to splits. And then there's a drop down for pitch type. You can actually look by individual pitch or just all, and you can actually go plate discipline for each individual pitch. So you can see like, you know, a sinker, it's like 70% ground ball rate, but you'll see, you know, where's curveball um, is, is completely different. So for zone percentage, you'll see his sinker is actually in the zone quite a bit, whereas his curveball, where he likes to throw it and have it drop out of the zone will not be in the zone as much. So zone percentage is important, but it's really based on the individual. Not very useful for a hitter, though. And the last thing on that board uh, would be F-Strike. Technically, the one on the far right is swinging strike percentage, but we've already gone over that with whiff rate. F-Strike percentage is how often a pitcher is getting over a first strike in a count uh, and how often a hitter is receiving one. This is a very controversial statistic because um, for most F-Strikes that we see, especially the one on fan graphs, they count batted balls. And why is that bad? Uh, because, you know, a foul ball is not necessarily a bad thing, like we said, but, you know, if if you are hitting a double, a single, whatever, uh, or, you know, just a pop-up, ground out, that is a batted ball, kind of counts as a strike. So it's not necessarily necessarily showing how often a, hit, a pitcher is getting off to an 0-1 start. It's just showing you how often there's a strike that is kind of, um, you know, anything that's a non-ball. So it, it is flawed to that degree. 
Alex Fast over at Pitcher List, he talks about something called true F-Strike, which, as you may have guessed, just takes batted balls out of the equation. So it simply shows you how many times a pitcher or hitter has an 0-1 count against them. No batted balls. So that's beautiful. I know they have that listed over at Pitcher List. I do not believe they have it on Alex Chamberlain's board. If you listen to the show, uh, you should always check out Alex Chamberlain's board. Check him out on Twitter. His The link to his board is right in his profile, and there's lots of great advanced statistics that I've talked about here. But I know they definitely have it on Pitcher's List. If you have a question about True F-Strike, reach out to Alex Fast. He's a friendly dude. Uh, but as far as F-Strike, there's no real correlation to walks and Ks for hitters. So there's no real... There's nothing really there for, for hitters. But pitchers, it's nice to know who can get ahead 0-1 because obviously the game really changes if you start with that extra strike. It's a really good metric for pitchers. So one thing that we'll go through before we get to Savant is some correlations you can do. If you want to take a look at deep diving into a player, there's a lot of things you can do, especially for pitchers. But there's one thing when you look at K percentage. You can look at a pitcher from year to year and try to determine whether K percentage growth or decline was legitimate. That's a big thing. You see a K percentage goes up one year or down one year. You can kind of go into the plate discipline metrics to find out what happened, which is cool. So there's one rule they always say. If you take a look at someone's swinging strike rate and then times that by one and a half and then add five, that should equal out to someone's K percentage. And if it doesn't, then you could further you know, investigate what the issue would be. If uh, their, their swing and strike percentage is still very high, uh, like or maybe career average, but their strikeout percentage went down, then there's something there to investigate. One example last year was Zach Wheeler, where his swing and strike rate was kind of right on par with his career average, but his K percentage went way down. If you actually dig deep into why, he used his sinker quite a bit more which you know you can tell by zone percentage, by Z contact, or going into one of his individual pitches. He had a lot of success with, uh, success with the sinker, but through weak contact. Therefore, people were actually making contact with the ball, hitting more ground balls. So the swinging strikes were the same, but the strikeout percentage was lower because where people would usually swing and miss uh, for strike three or, um, or getting a called strike, they are now grounding the ball out. But you wouldn't know all that just by looking at swinging strike rate and K percentage. If you looked at everything and his ground ball percentage, you just see that, okay, his swinging strike rate is the same. His strikeout, his, his ground ball rate is up. His K percentage is down. So you see that it's not necessarily a bad thing, but you don't know why. And I kind of alluded to the why a second ago, and that's called strikes. This is something that you do not see on fan graphs, and you don't really see on Savant. Um, I get, you know, you, you can get your number. I think Fitcherless has this. Alex Chamberlain board has it. You can get it a couple of different places, but called strikes is a big thing to look at as kind of a, another resort. I mean, Jose Barrios gets a lot of these. Aaron Nola gets a lot of these. And the reason Zach Wheeler's number K percentage was down was he wasn't getting as many called strikes and his her percentage was like way down. So you look again, his, his swing strike percentage was the same. K percentage was down because he was swapping called strikes for ground balls. So that's kind of where the thing comes through. So called strikes or called strike percentage is something that you definitely want to take a look at if you cannot figure out why something is going a certain way. Uh, to give you a couple examples, um, there's a couple of pitchers with low called strike rates. Last year, uh, Zach Wheeler 
Liam Hendricks, uh, you know, closer for the White Sox. And there's some pitchers like Brady Singer, Marco Gonzalez, uh, Dylan Bundy, who had called strike rates above 20%. So when you dig into them, you'll see necessarily, you may not see like the, the swinging strike rate you're hoping for. And, you know, like I said, if you multiply someone's swinging strike rate times one and a half and then add five, that should be their K percentage. If you don't get that, you want to dig in and see why. You won't find that with like Marco Gonzalez because he's getting a ton of called strikes, which you don't find in there. So rather than look in there and, and maybe all automatically think regression or something's wrong, called strike percentage is something really big that you should take a look at. So we went through everything on fan graphs. O swing, O contact, Z contact, Z swing, zone percentage. It's all that. And it's important to note that all of those metrics are done either in the zone or out of the zone. There are only two options. It's either in the strike zone or out of the strike zone. This is where the con the it gets a little confusing going over to Baseball Savant. Because if you look down in a hitter's page, you'll see things like zone percentage. You'll see zone swing percentage, zone contact, which again, sounds like Z contact. Zone swing percentage sounds like Z swing. Chase rate which you'd assume would be O-swing, which you're chasing, you know, outside of the strike zone, you'd think. Chase contact, you would think would be O-contact, but let's take Juan Soto, for example. Uh, his zone swing percentage, or his, his Z-swing percentage on fan graphs, again, swings within the strike zone, is, is 61.4. On, on Baseball Savant, his zone swing percentage is 61.2. Close, but not the same. His zone contact against contact within the strike zone uh, on Fangraph, Z contact is 88.9%. On his zone contact on Savant is 84.5, so lower. Chase percentage, his O swing is 21% on Fangraphs, which is great. On uh, on Baseball Savant is only 15.7, which is the chase rate versus O swing. And then for um, O contact, Juan Soto was 697 Chase contact, which is baseball savant, was 59.7. So why the hell is there such a big difference? They all sound like they should be the same, but they're not. This is the difference, everybody. Fangraphs, like I said, is two zones. In the zone and out of the zone. That's it. Strike zone or not strike zone. Baseball savant operates in four zones. They instead have the heart of the plate, the shadow, chase zone, and the waist. You can find this when you go into a pitcher's uh, swing and take profile on their on their savant page. It's a uh, it's like a you know it's a box around the strike zone where the outer edge is in gray, which is the waist. Inside of that is another box. It's almost like one you know one of those the Russian nesting dolls. Uh, outside is the is the waist, and just inside is the chase zone. Just inside of that is the shadow, and just inside that is the heart. So there's four different zones they're looking at. The heart of the plate is just dead red. It's not the strike zone because the strike zone is actually split in the chase zone, which we'll talk about in a second. The heart of the plate is dead center. You don't want to be there if you're a pitcher. And then the chase, the uh, the shadow, I'm sorry, the shadow, I should, it was split with the chase. It's split with the shadow. The shadow zone is basically kind of hinted at in the name. It kind of is in the shadow of, of the heart of the plate. Half of that is count, half of that is in the strike zone. And half of that is uh, outside of the strike zone. So that's kind of where pitchers like to live. If you can imagine, like Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin used to nibble on the corners. But that's where everyone wants to be. High and inside, low and away. So, you know, if you, get, if you look at Baseball Savant, you can see they have like this kind of dotted green line where there's, the shadow is, is, uh, is listed. That is where the big difference between Fangraphs and Savant is, where they're including 
in the shadow zone. Um, half half of the shadow is in the strike zone. Half of it is outside of the strike zone. And then just outside of that is the chase, which is where all of these metrics come from. So you're seeing here zone swing percentage for Savant again. Zone swing and zone contact as opposed to Z swing and Z contact. They are looking at the heart, shadow, and chase here as opposed to just as opposed to just uh, in the zone or out of the zone. And then the waste is, you know, obviously just a wasted pitch. The big, the, you know, the, the the large difference, because again, Juan Soto, Z, Z swing, 61.4%, Z zone swing, 61.2. It's very, very close. Uh, Z contact, 88.9, zone contact, 84.5. A little further apart, but again, very, very close. O swing is 21, Chase is 15.7. Oh, contact 69.7, chase contact 59.7. There's a big difference there because they are not counting any of the pitches in the shadow at all. Half of them are in the strike zone. Half of them are outside of the strike zone, but they are all close enough where they should be considered by the hitter, especially like, let's say, oh, and two, where you've got to protect. Any pitch in the shadow should be considered uh, to defend the plate or swing at. And anything in there is considered a quality, you know, a quality strike pitch, even though it may not be called strike by the umpire. The chase zone is where pitchers kind of want to make their money. The You have a much lower percentage chance of getting it as a hitter, but it's still close enough to the strike zone where a breaking ball will fall out of there. Or if you're, you know, going high, low on a batter with, you know, changing eye levels, this is where you want to go. High, low, left, right. The chase zone is where pitchers earn their money and where hitters earn you know, earn their money for, for not chasing pitches then. So I know this is a lot of information and I use Juan Soto as an example, but that is the big difference between baseball savant and fan graphs when it comes to plate discipline. And it comes down to savant is, is measuring everything in four zones, heart of the plate, the shadow, chase, waste. Again, if you've ever seen a Russian nesting doll, it's when you have the the big doll and inside of that is a smaller doll. Inside of that is a smaller doll. Inside of that is a smaller doll. The smallest doll is the heart. Then you cap that with the shadow. And then you cap that with the chase. And you cap that from the waist. It just kind of keeps going out a little higher, a little lower, a little east, a little west. It just keeps getting bigger and bigger. And again, this is the best thing you can do for that is to go on Baseball Savannah and look at yourself. Pull up Juan Soto if you just want to go over the numbers I just said. And go into his swing take profile, which is basically sitting right at the very top with all the little links under his photo. It's something good you can really look at. So that is that is kind of the big difference there between the two sites. Hopefully you understood that. Um, the rules of thumb, like I said, the estimate K percentage, you can multiply a swing strike percentage times one and a half, then add five. That's a, that's a good rule of thumb. If it doesn't add up, then you can dive into all of these different metrics and kind of find out for yourself. And hopefully you can do that in general now. You can go through and when you see a Z contact is really high for a pitcher, remember, it may matter what kind of pitcher they are. If there's someone who doesn't want to be in the zone and they're giving up tons of Z contact, that's terrible. If, there, if, if there's someone who wants to, the, to make you chase, but if it's a ground ball pitcher, it's not necessarily a bad thing. Another rule of thumb to end, kind of end the show is if you want to estimate K percentage from contact percentage, you can kind of take the inverse percentage and subtract three. And by that, you know, let me repeat that because I know listening to this, that sounds confusing and I said it really fast. If you want to estimate K percentage by looking at someone's contact percentage, 
you can use the inverse of their contact percentage and then subtract three. So let's say their contact percentage was 80%. That's what their actual overall contact percentage is. So the inverse of 80 would be 20, just 100 minus 80 equals 20. So you take 20 and then minus three is a 17% strikeout rate. That's another fun thing you can do. So again, I'll repeat that. If you want to estimate someone's K percentage using their contact percentage, instead of swinging strike, take the contact percentage and inverse it from the 100 left over. Um, so if you had 80%, it would be 20 minus three equals 17. And that's your, your K rate. So contact percentage, use the inverse, subtract three, K, K percentage, boom. So I know that was a lot of stuff uh, to, to kind of do a quick recap here. Swing strike rate and whiff percentage we went over. Swing strike percentage is just uh, the total swings and misses divided by the pitches thrown. Whiff percentage is swings and misses kind of uh, is total swings divided by swings and misses. That's the big difference between there. Swing strike rates on total pitches. Whiff rate is on total swings. The difference between K percentage and K per nine and in also walk percentage and walks per nine is that one is the grand total of all at-bats or all plate appearances, and the other one is just based upon how many you get per nine innings. That's the difference there. And I won't go into the entire difference between Fangraphs and Baseball Savant for the rest of the plate discipline. There's a lot to take in there. Uh, I implore you to listen to the episode again if you want to go over it. Or you could always reach out to me on Twitter, at Matt Williams, M-E-T-T-W-I-7-7, I-A-M-S. But to recap, the big difference there is Fangraphs, in the zone or out of the zone. It's only two. And Baseball Savant is using those four zones, like I said, the Chinese nesting doll of heart, shadow, chase, and waste. So this does it for part two of the uh, analytics series for plate discipline. Hopefully you got a lot out of this. Um, I know there's a lot of people had different questions. So yeah, so hopefully you enjoyed that. If you have any questions, you can follow me on Twitter again, like I said, at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-A-M-S. DMs are always open for any questions you may have on all of this. If you needed to hear about the batted ball uh, breakdown, that was on our previous episode. And the next episode will be all about pitching when we bring in Brooks Baseball as a third website. We'll go through pitch mix changes, um, uh, you know, things like uh, velocity. We'll go through release points. We'll go through a whole lot of things because it's, it's a different can of worms when you get into pitching and kind of breaking down different things there. So again, hopefully you enjoyed part two of this analytics series. We'll see you next week. My oh my, put me in coach, I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The x flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words? I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curb But if I can't put it in the points, man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two What it do? Win leagues Catch out, catch out. Peace.